A Murder of Crows contains graphic and explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. All right. Hi, friends. Hello. How's How everyone going, folks? Oh, ow, I just hit my elbow. Um, so, uh, yeah, <laughs> so very awkward. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know. I'm tired today for some reason. Yeah, I'm really extremely tired today. So, you all will be happy to know that my story is not as long as they have been the past few times. Woo! So, that's exciting. And, uh... Yeah. So, anything you wanna you wanna say? Eat crow about or some shit? No. It's just rainy and cloudy for the first time ever in a long time. It's fucking rained. So, I don't know. I'm just kind of feeling it. Making us all tired. Yeah. But, I don't know, if anyone's not from here, Minnesota's has some pretty crap weather. <laughs> if you even call it that. Do you, can, oh. Is air quality something considered as weather? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh, excuse me. All right. Well, I don't have anything else to say. Yeah, no, I'm good. All right, then. Um, if you like sending us an email, you can at unmotive. <laughs> podcast at gmail.com our twitter instagram and facebook are all at amoc podcast and our close facebook group is our murder of clothes like yours mine and ours and um yeah i mean we have a patreon but go uh, to the patreon i'm going on vacation in two days <laughs> <laughs> that's patreon.com slash a murder of clothes podcast all right so we're um hitting it back with the flu back in time episode <laughs> think bless you i believe we're doing 1920 to 1929 mm-hmm. is that correct cat yes stop yawning That'd be great. i'm so sorry i'm gonna try to hold it in all right um, all right the person i was originally gonna do i realized is actually 1930 so so i did someone new instead all right well i guess you already have one ready for next time Yes, I will, because I really, 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 really want to do it. It's going to be fun. So um, I know we were focusing on serial killers or, you know, icky, icky, ew, ew kind of things. But this time around and next time will be um, disappearances for moi because uh, they're fascinating. And, yeah, that's all I got. Um, All right. Also, my pizza will be here in eight minutes. So thank God. Um, All right. So here we go. So I'm going to be talking about Agatha Christie. If anyone thinks that sounds familiar, that is because she is a very popular novelist. But not only is she that, she is a mystery novelist. Um, I personally don't think I've ever read any of her books. Um, but from what I hear, she is like the mom of mystery. So um, this is about her disappearance. And if you're like, wait a second, Agatha Christie never went and disappeared and like she died really old well you'd be wrong so but you're also be right <laughs> that's the thing so 
Um, anyways, uh, I'm going to go into a little bit of her background and then to her disappearance. Uh, so Agatha Christie was born into a wealthy upper middle class family in Torque, Devon, which I don't know what that is, uh, but it's in the UK. Uh, it was largely and largely homeschooled, but for some reason her mom didn't want her to learn how to read until she turned eight years old. Don't really know why, um, but Agatha was like, yeah, no, fuck that. So she actually taught herself to read with no help whatsoever uh, at the age of five years old, which turned into a love affair with books. So she's Matilda. Yes. Um, she also, like, I don't really go much into this, but this woman was, like, multi-talented. Like, this woman did anything and everything you can think of, including, like, served uh, in the war for a brief time. Obviously not as a soldier, because that wasn't allowed, but this woman has done a lot. So <clears throat> I did skip over a lot, a lot of stuff, because I was like, I'm not really interested in your background. I'm more interested in why you disappeared. So. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, so... Yeah, so she was uh, reading a ton of books. She was at a very fast pace, a fast pace for a very young child. Uh, her earliest memories were reading children's books by, I don't know who these people are, but Miss Molesworth and Edith Nesbitt. I feel like Edith Nesbitt sounds really familiar, but, oh, Mrs. Nesbitt, fucking Toy Story. Wow, <laughs> Edith Nesbitt. <laughs> That's so funny. I love that scene. Okay. Uh, when a little older, she moved to the surreal verse of Edward Lear and Lewis Carroll. Also, don't know who they are. Um, as an adolescent, she hold enjoyed on. works. Hold, hold on. Hmm. Hang on. Hold on. Yep, I'm here. You don't know who Lewis Carroll is? No. Does Alice in Wonderland sound familiar to you? Oh, well, I didn't know who the author was. <laughs> oh. Okay. Um, uh, as an adolescent, she enjoyed works by Anthony Hope, Walter Scott, Charles Dickens, and Alexand Alexander Dumas. Uh, April 1901, age 10, she wrote her very first poem called The Cow Slip. No idea what it was about. Don't know. Um, in 1901, her father's health had deteriorated because of what, what he believed was heart problems. Fred died in November 1901 from pneumonia and chronic kidney, <laughs> chronic kidney disease. So he was... Um, she was very wrong. <laughs> uh, Chrissy later said her father's death uh, when she was 11 marked the end of her childhood. At age 18, Chrissy wrote her first short story, The House of Beauty, while recovering in bed from an illness. It consisted of about 6,000 words on, quote, madness and dreams, a subject of fascination for her. Her biographer, Janet Morgan, has commented that despite the inflections of style, the story was compelling. Uh, also became the story, uh, early version of her story, The House of Dreams. Other stories followed, most of them illustrating her interest in spiritualism and the paranormal. These included The Call of Wings and The Little Lonely God. Magazines rejected all of her early submissions made her under, er, sorry, made under her, oh God, what is the word? Uh, synonyms? No. What is the word? Pseudonyms. Synonyms. There we go. Pseudonyms. In including Mac Miller. Seriously? <laughs> which if none of you know who that is that's a rapper who i can believe you, um, died right uh i think so yeah can yeah. you speak yeah. closer to your microphone or turn up your gain in the back possible a little hard uh, to hear turned you. up all the way oh that's perfect however close you are now oh okay <laughs> uh so uh another name was mac miller nathan miller and sydney west some submissions so wait a minute. were so 
she went under male names? Well, yeah, she was a woman. So oh, this is oh, 1901. So, yeah. Um, some submissions were later revised and published under for her real name, often with new titles. Under the same time, Christy began to work on her first novel, Snow Upon the Desert, and <coughs> writing under the pseudonym. Oh my God. Uh, I have no idea what this name is, though. The cinem- like mono. Monosyllaba? Yeah, I don't. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, um, she set the book in Cairo, and because uh, I forgot to put this in, well, I didn't forget. I skipped over it. Her and her mother went to Egypt, so. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so, and drew upon her recent experiences there. Uh, she was disappointed when six publishers contacted and declined the work. So, um, at one point, her sister uh, told her, yeah, you're never going to be successful. And, <laughs> well, uh, obviously, she proved her very, very, very wrong. But what a dick sister. Anyways. Seriously. Um, in October 1912, she was introduced to, I love this name, Archibald. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Archibald Archie Christie at a dance given by Lord and Lady Clifford. Oh, man. Oh, what a name. Yes. Lord and Lady. Lord and Lady Clifford. Oh, yes. Welcome, Archibald Christie. Quite, quite. Quite, quite. Um... <laughs> <laughs> About twelve. Oh, sorry. Uh, Lady and La- Lord and Lady Clifford of Oddbrook, about twelve miles from Porquet. Uh, the son of the blah blah. blah. Okay, none of this matter. Okay, so Archie was an army officer who was second by the Royal Flying Corps in 1913. The couple quickly fell in love. However, oh. I didn't write oh. this down. But so they were quickly in love, right? But the mom was like, "Look, Agatha, this dude's a piece of shit." <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh this dude is not gonna be loyal he no just so don't wait, do it his mom said that or her no mom her that? mom she was okay. like don't do it he's a piece of shit he's not gonna All stay right. loyal you she's know how these army men it. are what she's calling it like she sees it yeah and she was like you know what these army men like, don't fucking do it well she didn't listen so uh, three months after the first meeting, Archie proposed marriage and Agatha accepted. Chrissy settled into married life uh, quickly and giving birth to their only child, Rosalind. I believe that's how you say it, even though there's a D at the end. Uh, Rosalind Margaret Clarissa, later Hicks, in 1919 of August. So Chrissy's mother died in 1926 uh, when she was, uh, even though they were exceptionally close, and so it put Chrissy into a very deep depression and a very severe writer's block. But good old Archibald was like, hey, remember what your mom said about me? Well, it's true. And I'm having an affair on a woman uh, who is 10 years younger than you by Nancy Neal. And she's actually uh, the friend of my major. So peace out. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. So wow. he was having an affair and was like, yeah, peace out. I'm, I'm leaving. He sounds great. Yeah, the same goddamn year that her mom dies, and she's like in this deep depression. He goes, "By the way, I gotta go." <laughs> but, um, by the way, there's my ride. <laughs> there's my ride. Here's my suitcase. I gotta go. Um, even the uh, the media caught a glimpse of it and said that she uh, was in breakdown mode because she was overworked, <laughs> obviously, because you know. Shit's going down, you know? Um, 
1926, Archie asked for a divorce, blah, blah, blah. Her name was Nancy Archie Neal. Asked her for a divorce? Yeah, he was like, yeah, I'm having an affair and I need to go, so we need to get divorced. She didn't, like, say, hey, you're cheating on me. I want a divorce. Instead, he's like, you know, I'm cheating Oh, no, he me. came out of the woodwork. Yeah, he was like, I'm oh. out. Yep. All right. And her mom died in April, and he announced this in August. Oh, lovely fellow. Yeah. Um, So on December 3rd, 1926, the pair had a quarrel and are... I'm assuming the pizza man is here. Um, So on December 3rd, 1926, the pair quarreled and Archie announced his plan to spend the weekend with his friends unaccompanied by his wife. Late that evening, she tucked her five-year-old daughter into bed, grabbed a bag and left home and Chrissy disappeared. The following morning, her car, a Morris Cowley, don't know what that is, uh, was discovered at the Newlands Corner, parked above a chalk quarry with an ex- with an expired driver's license, her fur coat, and clothes inside. The car was also parked just a few inches off the side of a cliff, giving people thoughts that she may have jumped. So this appearance quickly became the news story as the press sought to satisfy the reader's hunger for sensation, disaster, and scandal! Sorry. Um, Home Secretary William Johnson Hicks pressured police and newspaper offered 100 pounds, which in 2019, that is 6,000 pounds. More than 1,000 police officers, 15,000 volunteers, and several aeroplanes searched for the rural rural landscape. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle gave (laughs) gave a spirit medium one of Christie's gloves in hopes to find her. They also brought in her untrained dog to smell and track her, but he, oh. quote, whined pitifully. Oh, <laughs> sounds like Pumbaa. Like, why? <laughs> like, okay, go find her. And he's like, what? <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> um, it was also believed that this is one of the first times an airplane was ever used trying to find a person. So she was like, we need to find this bitch. Um, Chrissy's disappearance was featured on the front page of the New York Times. Three days into her search, however, it was called off because her brother-in-law received a letter stating it was from her. The letter briefly stated that she was going to a spa in Yorkshire for, quote, rest and treatment. However, police believe this letter to be fake, did not look into it, and reopened the case. So no one, no one was like, hey, maybe we should check that out. They were like, nah, fuck this. We'll just keep looking. <laughs> what? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so despite the extensive manhunt, she wasn't found for another 10 days. Does anybody here want to raise their hand and give a, I don't know, some kind of answer as to where she might have been? No one? No? She was at a fucking spa (laughs) in Yorkshire. (laughs) Maybe we should go check the spa. So on December 14th, some gentleman playing in a band was like, that chick over there doing the funky dance? Yeah, I think that's Agatha Christie. Everybody's like, no, that's why would I be Agatha Christie? There's a manhunt for her. That's not her. Well, guess what? It was fucking her. Um, She was at the Swan Hydropathic Hotel in Yorkshire, registered under the name Miss Tessa Neal. You recognize the last name? Mm-hmm. So, uh, anyways, and she claimed to be from South Africa, which was odd. Uh, she apparently parked her car, got on a train, and somehow ended up at the spa. 
she was enjoying her time, going to dances, getting facials, etc. Um, even though she was part of a giant manhunt, no one seemed to bother her. Um, when her husband arrived to pick her up, she, quote, gave him a stony smile and then proceeded to be like, I don't even know who the fuck this guy is. To be honest, I don't even know who the fuck I am. <laughs> and everybody's like, what? And she's like, I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know. Well, I don't know anything. I'm just here to party. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> um, so after uh, a few days, they were like, okay, well, let's just go home. We'll figure this out. Uh, so pretty much she claimed, I didn't write this part down. I didn't have the time. But she, what happened is she claims that she was driving. She swerved off the road and she hit her head or something like that on the dashboard. Long story short, she was like, where am I? Who am I? I don't know. Whatever. I'll just, I don't know, go somewhere. And so she just like somehow ended up on the train, somehow ended up at the spa in Yorkshire, where she mysteriously also said she would be in a letter. So things weren't totally, come on in, huh? don't even look like her. Hi, dogs and pizza and a handsome man. Howdy. Howdy. Oh, he said howdy, everybody. Everyone said howdy. Howdy, y'all. Howdy. Thank you for the pizza. Thanks I will get away from my get away from my food. Don't get away from my food. Appreciate it. Get out. Shoot. Come on, buddy. Mr. Pants a lot. Jesus. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so this woman looked like her, and that's how they knew it was her. Yeah, pretty much. There was no real okay. confirmation or anything that was her because Just like, she looked like her. Yeah, because they were like, um, oh, they found her stuff, you know, in the car, or whatever. So they were like, there's no identification on her. But all right, okay, yeah, this is her. Uh, it was her in the end, but <laughs> okay. So yeah, so she claims that you know she ended up hitting her head. She was in New Yorkshire, or whatever. But mm-mm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> No worries, I'm starving too. The thing was, is that she claimed she didn't know who she was, but she sent a letter saying that she'd be in Yorkshire on a spa and signed her name and everything. So people were like, well, that's kind of fucking weird. Like, if you don't know who you are, how did you send this letter? And they think, they believe her body was like, quote, on autopilot or something, but I don't know. It doesn't make sense, but... Regardless, she goes into treatment. Uh, she stays with her sister, and she proceeded to be quote in a guarded hall, gates locked, telephone cut off, and called all turners or <laughs> turned away all callers. Um, she went through this whole process of trying to get her memories back, which she did. She gained all of her memories back, and um, uh, the media was like, "Um, uh, you're faking it. Like, there's no way." Okay. Um, so, an autobiography of Christy, there is no reference to his disappearance. Two doctors diagnosed her from suffering from unquestionable genuine memory loss. Yet the opinion remains divided over the reason of her disappearance. Some, including her biographer Morgan, believe she disappeared during a fag... <laughs> a what? <laughs> okay. I was going for fatigue, but the word is F-U-G-U-E, and so I said fag. <laughs> I promise you... God. I didn't mean that to be offensive whatsoever. A fog state. I saw fatigue, and I saw that I fog state. I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't care. We're going with fog state. The author Jared Cade concluded that Christy planned the event to embarrass her husband, but did not anticipate the resulting public melodrama. Um, hello, it's the people. Of course, there's gonna be drama. Um, 
Chrissy biographer Laura Thompson provided alternative view that Chrissy disappeared during a nervous breakdown and the, uh, uh, her, her actions and all, pretty much she was on an emotional state, not really thinking. Um, public reaction at the time, however, was largely negative and people were like, no, this was an attempt to frame your husband for murder. So she wasn't really alive for a while. Um, in January 1927, Christy, looking, quote, very pale, sailed with her daughter and security to Las Plamas, Canary Islands, to, quote, complete her conveyance. I think it means just kind of get her memories back. Oh, uh, as she returned three months later, uh, she did petition for divorce and was granted, and they were official in 1920, or, sorry, 1928 of, uh, of October. Um, and one week after divorce, Archie was like, yes, bitch, and married Nancy. <laughs> Literally my, couldn't wait. He was like, yep, let's let's fucking go. My brain is doing so many gymnastics right now just to keep up with everything that's happened. <laughs> Ask questions, my guy. What happened? Whatever I mean, <laughs> you're not missing me. It's just like, oh, my God. So she went, she married this guy, fell in love with him. They got married after, what, three months of knowing each other. Yep. After... Four months of being married, he said, bitch, I'm cheating on you and I want a divorce. And then she said, fuck you, I'm dipping. And she left. And then no one saw her since. Some guy was like, yo, that's this bitch. And they're like, "Ah, I don't know. And then some letter surfaces saying like, well, you know, I'm going to the spa in Yorkshire. And people are like, "Ah, I don't think so. But she really did. And then this person's like, yeah, this chick's here checking in at this hotel. They're like, ah, I really check it out. And then they found out it was actually her. And then she went to her sister's. How am I doing so far? You're there, but they didn't break up three months after getting married. Oh, okay. That's where you said they broke up after like three years, or three months. Three. She was married in 1919, and they broke up in 1926, but didn't get divorced until 1928. I'm not sure why there was a huge gap there, but... Okay. Um, all right. Keep going. So now she's staying with her sister. She's all right. getting all of her memories back. Now she's divorced. Um, okay. Oh, God. Where'd I go? Uh, okay. Um, okay, so Archie married Nancy a week later because, yeah, fuck that. And God, this dude's a dick. <laughs> like, I know he's like been with ass. this, like, he's been with this chick for like two years now, but like, you're a dick. Like, just eat a dick. Um, however, Christy got to keep the daughter, which the daughter, mm, oh, I guess she's eight years old. So, yeah. Um, and then she also kept the last name Chrissy for writing purposes. Um, and then so in her autobiography, she said, after illness came sorrow, despair, and heartbreak. There is really no need to dwell on it. Um, some fun facts about Chrissy is that uh, <laughs> she's like, I dislike crowds, loud noises, gramophones, and cinemas. I dislike the taste of alcohol, and I do not like smoking. I do like the sun, the sea, the flowers, traveling, strange foods, sports, concerts, theaters, pianos, and I do embroidery. When Broyer, oh, the, fuck it, I have cheese in my mouth. Um, <laughs> Embroidery. I like that quote. Fuck that, I have cheese in my mouth. <laughs> um, Christy, I'm sorry. I'm literally thinking of like a picture that Drake was just going to draw up of like my beak just wrapped in mozzarella <laughs> cheese or something. That sounds amazing. Can I also be drawn with, wrapped around with mozzarella cheese? <laughs> Mozzarella, just being happy about it. Oh, that sounds like a beautiful dream. Mm -hmm. 
I'll have to say, maybe it's controversial, but I think mozzarella is like the king of cheesy, cheeses. Like, fuck really? Parmesan. Parmesan is probably the worst cheese I've ever tasted. Well, and I, I love like goat cheese. cheese. And I hate goat cheese. <laughs> I don't think Parmesan's bad. I love Parmesan. It's so dry. I just, ugh, I can't. Mozzarella, like, we're homies. It's so milky. And, mm, la, 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 la. <laughs> <laughs> Am I getting weird? I'm getting weird. We're getting weird. A little, a little weird. <laughs> okay. Um... Anyways, so Chrissy's work of fiction contains some character stereotypes seen as a <sighs> sorry <laughs> objectionable in modern times, but in real life, many of her biases were positive. After four years of war and torn London, Christy hoped to return someday to Syria, which she described as a gentle, fertile country and a simple people who know how to laugh and know how to enjoy life, who are idle and gay, who have... <laughs> I assume she means happy. Um, yes. Who have dignity and good manners and a great sense of humor and to whom death is not terrible. And apparently my copy and paste did not work. So one moment, please, as I go and find what I originally had as the missing part or the, the ending here. Sorry, guys. Okay. Hello? How long is this? <laughs> okay. No. There we go. Uh, Chrissy died peacefully on January 12, 1976, at the age of 85 from natural causes at her home at Winterbrook House. Uh, when her death was announced, two West End theaters at the St. Martin's where the mouse trap was playing and the the savvy, the, I don't know, uh, which was home to, okay, I don't care about this thing. They dimmed their outside lights in her honor. That was it. <laughs> Really, oh. just like, oh my god, we've played this movie and this movie, and th- I don't care what movie you just played. Um, <laughs> she was All buried right. in a nearby churchyard at St. Mary's uh, in a plot that she had chosen with her husband 10 years before. Oh, yeah, she also remarried, so um, so yeah, and then her second husband died. Uh, excuse me, my goodness, two years later and was buried next to Chrissy, but he also remarried, so. People remarry really quickly because she died in 1976. He was remarried in 1977 and died in 1978. Like, it was just like boom, boom, boom. Interesting. Yeah. Um, however, she did get Alzheimer's uh, and dementia. So her, la- her last book was like an extreme struggle. Um, overall, she wrote six detective novels, 14 short story collections, and yeah, and she also has the world's longest running play, The Mouse Trap. So. Interesting. Yep, and I have pictures of her and yada yada yada, but yeah, so Agatha Christie story. I gotta be honest, my favorite photo is the one where they say Mrs. Christie disguised, and you can tell that they very poorly edited different hairstyles and glasses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So at one point they assumed that Agatha Christie just kind of like up and left and she was trying to hide. Uh, so they assumed that she was going to dress like a man. <laughs> she was like, they were like, yeah, by the way, there's a really good chance. She's probably like dressing men's clothing. So really <laughs> keep stretch. your eyes peeled. And I was like, what made you go to that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, word. show um, your work. And then they also um, like read a bunch of her books and was like, 
I bet she wrote where she's going in one of these books. I'm like, oh my God, you guys are fucking stupid. And no, where she was was literally written right there. She literally told them, hey, I'm going to go to this spa in Yorkshire. See you there. Mm-hmm. They were like, nah. She is fucking lying. <laughs> that ain't her. It's a scam. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. So, anywho, I kind of think she might have faked it and was trying to get back at her husband a little bit. Um, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's interesting. <laughs> Can't blame her, though. I mean, he literally so she, was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go and cheat on you. Bye. <laughs> yeah, for real. So she was missing, and then she came back. Yep. Okay, so she's not missing anymore. She didn't, like, go and take well, another Well, she's trip. dead now, so. Well, I'm saying she so didn't, like, go take missing. a second trip. <laughs> yeah. She's not technically missing. They know where she's buried, don't they? Yeah, I guess they haven't checked missed. in a while. There's a difference. Missed and missing, I guess. Okay. Well, anyway. Fascinating. I'm excited to hear what your story is next time for another mysterious disappearance. The next one, dude? I'm pretty sure he got sucked through a toilet. But anyways, that's my theory. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That is quite a spoiler. Mm. All right. Tune in next time. Um, (coughs) Excuse me. All right, I will move on into my story. So, I've decided to do a gentleman of the name Fritz Harmon, also known as the Vampire of Hanover. Beautiful. Um, and thank you, Wikipedia, for all the information. Yes, shout out to the uh, Wikipedia for keeping this thing going strong, because, um, yeah. That and what's wow. that other one? Murderpedia or yeah, Murderpedia. That's where I got all my photos from. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten a few cases from that. So yeah. All right. So <clears throat> Fritz Harmon, which I will also have you know, Fritz was Pumbaa's original name. Oh, cute. Um, it was also my mom's dog's name back in the day. A little wiener dog named Fritz. Oh, I love wiener dogs. Yeah, very cute. Anyway. Fritz Harmon was born on October 25th, 1879, the sixth child of poor parents. Fritz was a quiet child who shunned many boys' activities, such as sports, and preferred to play with his sister's toys. He also was a poor scholar. I really like the fact that the phrase they used was shunned. (laughs) Yeah. What a dramatic way to say he didn't like to play with boy stuff. Yeah. He shunned them. Yeah, very strange. And he was a bad student. At the age of 16, at the urging of his parents, Harmon enrolled in a military ac- academy at, oh shit, um, New Brysach. Yep. He initially adopted into, adapted? He initially adapted into military life and performed well as a training soldier. Just after one year in the academy, however, he began to suffer seizures and was discharged for medical reasons. Harmon returned to Hanover and took employment in a cigar factory. He was in rut. Okay, this is a <laughs> jump of a sentence. <laughs> he, he worked in a cigar factory. But he was arrested in 1898 for molesting children. Yeah, there's a 
Bit of a quite plot a twist. That's <laughs> <laughs> quite a twist they added there. Like, but okay, like, um, were there children working at the cigar factory? How did we get from one to the other? How did you even yeah. figure that out? Like, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't fucking know. But a psychologist declared Harmon was mentally unfit to stand trial, and he was sent to a mental institution indefinitely. Six months later, Harmon escaped and fled to Switzerland, where he worked for two years before he returned to Germany. Why you would go back after you escaped, I don't know. Right. Regardless, he again enlisted in the military, this time under an alias. But in 1902, you- he was again, you know, I don't quite understand. <laughs> no offense to anyone who is in the army or who respects the army, but I know for a fact that my husband would never go back into the army. <laughs> like, you know what sounds like fun? Going back. <laughs> you know, I guess he took it personally that he was discharged. I only know one person who actually went back in, and it was Connor's brother. <laughs> he was in the Navy, and then he was like, fuck this, let's go into the Army. And I was like, okay, yeah, you can do that. Anyway, he again enlisted in the military, this time under an alias, but in 1902, he was again discharged under medical terms because he just thought the seizures would go away. I was going to say, what he thought, they wouldn't figure that out? <laughs> Like, seizures aren't so you're like, oh, well, no, it's nothing, it's a no, twitch. I, I can fight them this time. It's a twitch. I'm <laughs> no, nervous. Severely nervous. It's just a quirk. <laughs> it's fine. I can have a gun. I just fall on the ground and twitch. It's fine. I'm fine. I'm just having a party. Stupid <laughs> little pants, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. You know he was afforded a full military pension and returned to live with his family and took employment in the small business his father had established. How the fuck do you get a full mil... Well, it's 1902. Maybe that's how. Yeah, but under a false name? Like, I hmm. don't... You know? I don't know. I'm guessing they didn't really um, check facts back then very well. They didn't have a lot of record-keeping very, you know. I was about to say, like, that's that's interesting. You got a full pension, but it's not even your real... Okay, whatever. Continue. All right. Well, after an argument with his father, Ollie, it led to a violent fight between them both. Harmon was arrested, charged with assault, and again sent for psychiatric evaluation. This time, a doctor did not diagnose Harmon as mentally unstable. A court discharged Harmon, and he again returned to live with his family. Because that's the thing to do. Remember that guy you severely beat up? Yeah, go back and live with him. You'll be fine. That guy, your dad? And the police have really just been rocking this whole thing since the day one. <laughs> well, great. And, you know, uh, Harmon, he, uh, good old Fritz, he decided to, you know, take a different route and see how good he can do there. Because uh, shortly afterwards, he attempted to open a small shop, but the, be- the business soon became bankrupt. So. Oh, so he's Donald Trump. Got it. <laughs> Clearly, he's doing great for himself. All right, so. For the next decade, Harmon lived as a petty thief, burglar, and a con man. So Trump. So, yeah, so Trump. Yeah, exactly. Well, does this guy become president? Yeah. <laughs> I don't recall a guy named this, but. You know, maybe he was reincarnated as Trump. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he was. Oh, free- hail. What's this guy's name? Fritz. Fritz. Harmon? Fritz. Fritz Harmon. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Best president there ever was. Oh, yeah, for sure. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> he 
He was frequently arrested and served several short prison sentences. No, that's definitely not Trump. Never mind. Oh, this this is great. Because he gradually began to establish a relationship with Hanover police. As oh, an sweet. He became best buds with the cops. He's like, I'm in here all the time. Hey, Chaz. <laughs> Chaz. <laughs> like, Chaz was a name in the 1900s. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's Archibald. Um, Let's... I'm sorry. Archibald. Hey, Archie. How's you and Nancy? <laughs> <laughs> So word on the street is um, Archibald over here is uh, I think he's doing some shady stuff. I heard, I heard he was holding hands with Nancy Neal. No, oh, I oh shit. So you want to commit adultery? But <laughs> I know I commit crime, but adultery is too far. <laughs> didn't hear from me. All right. So. He uh, established a relationship with Hanover police as an informer, largely as a means of redirecting the attention of the police from himself. Mm. He later admitted that the police began to view him as a reliable source of information regarding Hanover's criminal network. We got a network now. Look at that, Facebook man. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, Mark Zuckerberg is a criminal all on his own. Let's be honest. He's a lizard man. It's okay. <laughs> all right. In 1914, Harmon was convicted of a series of thefts and frauds and was imprisoned just as the First World War began. Oh, man. Upon- yeah, no, I know. He really missed a good one. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best one. <laughs> the first. Kinda it's classic. The Nobody likes the follow-up, okay? God, the first one's just... No one likes the sequel. <laughs> you know, they really fucked up the sequel, I mean, honestly. When just Japan got involved, I was like, yo, but no. <laughs> anyway, upon his release in 1918, he was struck by the poverty of the German nation as a result of the loss the nation had suffered in the Great War. See, it's even oh. called the Great War. Yeah. Not the second great war. It's okay, I'm done. Continue. Yeah, so um he um was a poor man because of the war, which is a bummer. What can you do? Uh <laughs> who was it for? Uh, Let's be honest. The country was bankrupt. Fritz uh Hartman, I don't know why I said his name like that. Whoa. Beasley has something to say. <laughs> Beasley the great or the best war. <laughs> Respect our veterans. All right. So Fritz Harmon immediately reverted to criminal life. He had lived before and uh, before he was arrested in 1914. The new state of Germany provided him with more opportunities to operate on the fringes of the criminal network. And because of the increase in crime as a result of the poverty the nation was enduring, police again began to rely on him as an informer. Makes sense. (sighs) I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? (laughs) Right. From 1918 to 1924, Harmon committed at least 24 murders. We uh, really jumped again, didn't we? Mm -hmm. Um, Although he's suspected of murdering a minimum of 27. Harmon's first known victim was a 17-year-old youth named 
Friedel Roth. I mean, with a name like that. Where? Where do you even? Friedel. Yeah. How? This guy's Friedel. Friedel. Whatever. Anyway. When he disappeared, his friends told police he was last seen with Fritz. Under pressure, Queen. Uh, anyway. <laughs> God, get out. Okay, so I just I just had to quickly look at the word Friedel. Mm-hmm. Just because I was like, what? <laughs> first of all, the first thing that comes up is someone's last name who is a soccer coach named Brad. Um, all right, Brad. And then the second one is that apparently Friedel or Friedel is Southern German variation of the surname Fried. <laughs> That's like when you look up a word in Google and just <laughs> Google just gives you the same word. Like, <laughs> like what is pizza? Pizza is a form of pizza. It's like what? Yes, dear. <laughs> what, what happened? I'm not sure where they might have found this. Oh shit! Where'd they get it? How did you know. even find it? I found it in her mouth. Oh, I'm very glad you got it. Yep. Yeah, I'm very not sure where that came from. Okay. I didn't chew any gum today. I'm going to leave her in here with you. Beasley. Is she being a shit? You come with me. We're both being little shitheads. Okay. Welcome to the chat, Beasley. All right, then. Hi, Beasley. Can you say hi? No, she can't. Okay. (laughs) All right, continue. Sorry for the interruption. My dog was chewing on gum. If anyone knows... Gum is highly lethal to dogs. So. Fun. So, under pressure from the Roth family, police raided Harmon's apartment, where they were dismayed to find their informer in the company of... Okay. Oh. So. Yes. Sorry. I think he might also have an ear infection. Because he keeps, like... Flip his head. Well, open his little flaps and check if it's super red. Continue. So, I just love the use of worded cheer. They were dismayed. Dismayed? Man, also, yeah, really, trigger warning. <laughs> really disappointed in you, man. You were our informer. Anyway, trigger warning for anyone that doesn't like. Um, pedophilia and sexual assault <laughs> there you go thank you all right so they were dismayed to find their informer in the company of a semi-naked teenage boy they had no choice but to charge Harmon with sexual assault released after serving nine months Harmon quickly reverted to the same lifestyle he led before the arrest again he regained the trust of the police and became an informer how are you? Oh, <laughs> I don't know how all this keeps happening. God, that is really so don't fucking dumb. Like that—that that is so fuck. Like, oh, you're sexually assaulting people now. Oh, okay. Well, how about we just, you know, let you give? I'll give you a pass. I mean, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> like, not it's water under the bridge. Yeah, exactly. Just you know what? <laughs> just this one time. We need you. We're desperate. 
Uh, right. So Harmon's subsequent victims largely consisted of young male commuters, runaways, and occasionally male sex workers who hung around Hanover's Central Railway Station, whom Harmon would lure back to his apartment and then kill by, here goes the fun part, trigger warning, he would kill oh! by biting through their throats, sometimes while sodomizing them. Oh, that is, um, yeah, I mean, talk about, uh, uh-huh, no, it's bad. I mean, I have a hard time reading and listening to music or like washing the dishes and listening to music, but you're over here. <sighs> no, he got into it. It's <laughs> one way to say it. Oh, okay. My throat feels funny. And, um, you know, honestly, I'm clutching a little bit, so. All right, then. Moving on. Uh, God, you choose the stories that make me sick. (laughs) I don't know how you keep or why you keep doing this, but I'm getting sick of it. (laughs) Well, you know, that's going to have to retire if you keep bringing up people's body parts. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, oh, all, all his uh, victims were dismembered before they were discarded, <laughs> usually in the river Lane, Leanne, Leanne, Leanne. I don't yep. know. <laughs> I don't fucking know. All right. So the possessions of several victims were either sold <laughs> on the black market or retained by either Harmon or his lover, oh, Hans Granz. That's a fun name. Hans Granz. Hong, yeah, Hans Granz. Oh, sorry, there's a period there, Han Granz. I was like, Han Granz rumor. <laughs> oh, it's Han Granz. <laughs> oh, I'm uh, so glad that it, you keep picking these. All right. All right. Rumor had it that Harmon would also peddle meat from the bodies of his victims. <sighs> I'm almost done with the sentence. Hang on. Uh, as canned black market pork. Although... <sighs> There was never any physical evidence to confirm this. True TV crime library claims he did indeed do this. So who you really know, the next time we do one of these, I need you to give me a warning so that I don't eat beforehand. Dude, like, you know what, cat? You're going to regurgitate this later. So just don't <laughs> eat it. Just don't eat it. Oh, you know, well, blanket statement. <clears throat> They'll most likely <throat> always be gross. Sure. All right. See, even Beasley just puffed at you. She's like, nah, man, this is gross. <laughs> I bit people, but not like that. <laughs> she doesn't go for the throat? Uh, no, not yet, at least. <laughs> well, don't let her know Fritz, then. You hear that, Beasley? You better keep your jaw away from my fucking throat. No, that's like her goal one day, is just to eat me alive. I, I can just see it in her eyes. Okay, continue. His accomplice and live-in partner, Hans Granz. <laughs> Love his name. Hans Granz. Hans Granz. Hans Granz. Whatever. Sold the possessions of several of the victims cheaply on the black market and kept other possessions for himself. And Harmon initially claimed that although Granz knew many of his murders and personally urged him to kill two of the victims so he could obtain their clothing and personal possessions, uh, Hans was otherwise not involved in the murders. Okay. Just a quick pause here. All right. So let's go back in time. And uh, you're just dating Cameron, right? You're just live in partner, right? 
as they uh-huh. are so gracefully putting it. And um, you come home and you're like, uh, why does the house smell like uh, blood? Uh, and you're and he's like, oh, no, no reason, but I have dinner here waiting for you. And he just decides to tell you that he has been murdering people. And you're like, you know what? That's fine. You know what? We could use the money. So let me take this ass cheek and sell it. <laughs> Why is anyone just being like, you know what? This is cool. This is okay with me. Like, if um, Connor was like, oh, I killed a hooker, I'd be like, you know what? That's probably not a good thing. And you should go to jail. Not, let me take her toes. And <laughs> Right. Well, I will say uh, Hans wasn't taking body parts. He was taking possessions. So jewelry, what, Whatever. Regardless. <laughs> Less gross than taking a toe or a butt cheek. But... <laughs> Still a little strange. Okay, so if he kills a hooker, I'm not going to grab her shoes and be like, let me go sell. Well, maybe I would. I don't know. But I'm just saying it's weird that, like, this dude is like, oh, you killed somebody. Oh, you've killed several people. Okay, well, you know what? Let's just make a business out of this. Yeah, he wasn't only like, oh, you've killed some people and you want me to sell some shit. He was like, oh, you've killed these people and, you know, we'll make money from it. But, hey, these two people, like Harry and Sally down the street, they're really pissing me off. If you could really just go and off them, you'd be doing me a huge favor. Oh, by the way, um, I also like these person's shoes really just a ton. And I know we can't afford them. So can you? What? Yeah. It's just. Times <laughs> are different. Because Lily says, urge to kill two people to obtain their clothing. Honey, there's a target down the street. You don't need to murder people. Like, oh, my God. You know, I don't think Target was a thing in 1920s. Well, you know, I don't know what the equivalent of a Target would be from the 1920s, but the guy down the street selling clothes handmade is going to have to be good enough. Right. <laughs> uh, so Harmon was eventually apprehended when numerous skeletal remains, which he had dumped into the river, washed up downstream in May and June 1924. The police decided to drag the river and discovered more than 500 human bones, which were later confirmed as having come from at least 22 separate human individuals. Suspicion quickly fell upon Harmon, who had convictions for molesting children and had been connected to the disappearance of Friedel Roth in 1918. Harmon was placed under surveillance, and the night of the 22nd of June was observed prowling Hanover's railway station. He was quickly arrested after trying to lure a boy to his apartment. His apartment was searched, and the walls were found to be heavily bloodstained. Right. Uh, So Harmon tried to explain this as a byproduct of his illegal trade as a butcher. So wait, he was... He wasn't killing men. He was killing kids. Um, I don't. Mm, or just like young men. I like think seventeen. I, I think it doesn't really say. Well, actually, hold that thought. Give me a second. I'm gonna do a quick, a quick googs here. Does he say? Oh. Right. Okay. Um. So the youngest appears to be 13. Oh, take that back. Youngest is 11. Mm. And oldest appears to be 22. Got it. So children and young men. Got it. There you go. Yep. Mm-hmm. Who's uh, that one guy who also did this? The, the clown. John Gacy. Yeah. 
That guy, right. So, uh, where was I? Uh, Oh, thank you. Yes, okay. So, his apartment was searched and the walls were found to be heavily bloodstained. Harmon tried to explain this as a byproduct of his illegal trade as a butcher. However, clothing and personal items known to be the possession of several missing youths were also found at his home. Under interrogation, Harming quickly confessed to raping, killing, and butchering young men since 1918. When asked how many he had killed, he claimed somewhere between 50 and 70. However, the police could only connect him to the disappearance of 27 youths, and he was charged with 27 murders. It is interesting to note that only a quarter of the personal items found in his apartment were identified as belonging to any of the victims. Uh, so Harmon's trial began on the 4th of December, 1924. He was charged with the murder of 27 boys and young men who had disappeared between the time of 1918 and June that year. The trial was very spectacular. I'm assuming that means, like, popular and, like, Yeah, because it, yeah, it, it was one of the first major media events in Germany. Hmm. The term serial killer had not yet been coined and the public and press were lost for words to describe the case. He was simultaneously referred to as werewolf, a vampire, and the wolfman. Wolf Apart from the cruelty of what Harmon had admittedly done, even more scandalous, shaking German society to the core, was the involvement of the police in the case. Exactly what we were saying. <laughs> uh, precious. Mm-hmm. Harmon was a police informant who frequently gave up other criminals to investigators until Harmon was arrested. It had never occurred to the police that the serial killer they were looking for was well known to them and right under their nose, even though some of the victims were last seen in his company. The trial had lasted barely two weeks. On the 19th of December, Harmon was found guilty of 24 of the 27 murders and sentenced to death. He was acquitted of three murders, which he denied, even though the personal possessions of the boys were either in his possession or acquaintances of his at the time of the arrest. He was beheaded with a guillotine on April 25, 1925. Granz was initially found guilty of enticement to murder on the case of Adolf Hannibal, an apprentice of uh, an apprentice who vanished from Hanover's railway station on November 11, 1923. Witnesses had seen Grands in the company of Harmon pointing to Hannipel. Harmon claimed this was one of the two murders committed upon the instance of Grands, and for this reason, Grands was sentenced to death. The discovery of a letter from Harmon declaring Grands' innocence later led to a second trial and a 12-year prison sentence for Grands, Grands, whatever his name is again. After serving his time, Grands continued to live in Hanover until his death around 1980. The remains of Harmon's victims were buried together in a communal grave. After his execution, Harmon's head was preserved in a jar by scientists to examine the structure of his brain. Harmon's head is now kept at the Göttingen Medical School. The case stirred much discussion in Germany about the death penalty, the correct approach towards mentally ill offenders, police investigation methods, and homosexuality. Yeah, in my pictures, you can see... Mm, yummy, I can't wait to walk and look at those. Yeah, the first one's his head. <laughs> Obviously. Oh, yeah. look at that. Pickled and everything. 
Then there's him walking with detectives, a photo of his court trial, um, detectives looking in the fireplace at his house and looking at his apartment. And then the bedroom where allegedly he killed all of his, uh, that's his bed, by the way. Apparently he allegedly killed all of his victims there. Excuse me. In his bed, like, talk about taking work home with you. Anyway, yeah, so he's just, like, with detectives and shit. Then there's the picture of the grave where all the victims are, some bones. Him as a young man. I believe that's him as a young man. And then a couple pictures of him looking very Hitler-y. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, fun fact. I was watching, um, I highly recommend you watch it. I think you would enjoy it. Um, There is a documentary on Netflix called How to Be a... A tyrant. I was like, what the fuck is the word? Uh, a tyrant. And um, it's like a little handy dandy book of like how certain dictators and whatever like came to be. And so like the first episode is Hitler. Excuse me. And um, next episode is like so and so and so and so. And it's it's very fascinating. And it's kind of almost like a comedy almost. But at the time, apparently the Hitler stash was not like, oh, Hitler made it so everybody else followed. It was actually the other way around. Everyone else made it and he followed? Yeah. I always thought it was like, oh, Hitler was like, oh, yeah, look at my stash. People were like, yes, let's do that. I mean, I suppose because Charlie Chaplin also had that stash. Yeah, it was, it had something to do with, like, I can't remember exactly how it came to be, but, yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. I always thought it was, uh, Hitler was just like, yeah, look at me, and I'm sexy, and. (laughs) (laughs) In my lederhosen. And those fucking pictures of him in the shorts and shit. Like, the fact that I just said sexy, I immediately thought of that picture of him posing in those really shorts. You really so those shit. And I'm like, yep. He he thought he was like, mm, look at me my bad self. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Hitler, you son of a bitch. Anyway, this guy is gross. <laughs> yeah, very gross. Can't wait until you do a normal, non- eating story. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, maybe next week. Who knows? I say next week, but it's probably not next week. Who knows when we'll record again? Oh, yeah. How long has it been? Has it been under a month or whatever? Um, it's been two weeks. Hey. Okay. Maybe two weeks. It says that we, uh, the 15th of July was the last episode that we had looked at it. Then this says we last updated this on July 31st, which isn't quite accurate. (laughs) Sorry to hear Puma. No worries. Um, Yeah, so it's been maybe like two or three weeks. Better than a month. We're still doing it. (laughs) All right, anything else you want to add before I wrap things up? Mm, Nope. Uh, Well, I am going. Okay, so everyone, I don't know where I'm. Well, I know where I'm staying. I just don't know at the top of my head. I am going camping for the first time ever. Not so much in a camper, or it's in a camper, not a tent. So is that called that glamming? I don't know. Glamping? I don't know. But regardless, I'm supposed to come back on the 18th. If I do not come back on the 18th, immediately go find me. Don't leave me rotting in the woods in Wyoming. Got it? Good. All right. (laughs) And South Dakota. South Dakota and Wyoming slash Idaho. Go looking. All right. All right. Y'all have your assignment. Ten people who listen to this, go find me. (laughs) (laughs) Ten people.
<laughs> Assume Beasley did it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if uh, you want to send us an email, you can at unmurderedcrowspodcast at gmail.com. Our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook are all at AMOC Podcast, and our closed Facebook group is Our Murder of Crows, like yours, mine, and ours. Lastly, we do have a Patreon. You can go to that at patreon.com slash Podcast. We do appreciate anyone that does. Don't feel obliged or that you have to, but, you know, it's there. Yeah. Also, so, as a last note... Yes. I'm going to set up for this and everything. Get your fucking vaccine. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. There are, there used to be the unvet, the anti-maskers and the maskers. But now there's like four subgroups of that. There is the maskers and vaccinated. There is the unmasked and vaccinated and like so on and so forth. And I'm just saying, you have to be vaccinated and wear your mask because I now know two people who have gotten the vaccination and caught COVID. However, they do not have severe symptoms, excuse me, because the vaccine does not keep you from getting it. It just keeps you from getting severe reactions. So please, for the love of God, get your vaccine. I don't care about your excuses. (laughs) Right, right. Because people are literally dying in the worst way possible. I mean, COVID was bad before, but now it's even worse because of this Delta Plus shit. Like, there's Delta and Delta Plus shit. Like, come on. Please just go get jabbed. I know, I know, but it's not FDA approved. Well, guess what's not also FDA approved? Melatonin, Flintstone vitamins, uh, prenatal vitamins. You don't have an excuse. Okay, bye. (laughs) We love you. Yep. Well, very much. We love you, Asterix. If you've gotten your vaccine, then that you're able to. Oh yeah, I have my I have my favorite children. They're not the ones who aren't vaccinated, so. Right. So hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Hopefully we'll be back in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, until if then. If I don't die, so you. Yeah. Make sure you find Cat. Find her body. Find me, guys. Find me. Kaka. I promise this is not an Agatha Christie moment. Kaka. <laughs> Kaka. Don't look into my diary. Kaka! Oh my god. <laughs> Just kidding, I don't have one. Kaka! Okay. <laughs> Bye. Little.